0: You are listening to the Growmark Podcast.
1: We've been really focused on formulating and engineering a diesel fuel that is right for our customers.
0: Featuring experts in agriculture. We're helping our customers decide when's a good time to sell, when's a good time to merchandise that grain so that they can make a profit. And other system news. It's very important to the Growmark system to encourage the future of agriculture. The Mark Podcast starts now. Welcome back to the GrowMark Podcast. This is Sam Spence, and today we've got Bruce Weatherly, the forage and turf product manager, joining us, and he's on the road. Bruce, thanks for calling in.
1: Well, thanks for asking me. Um, It's been kind of a busy two weeks here since we've last talked.
0: Yeah, it has. The last time I saw you was really at our, our FS Seed kickoff events which went really great. We had three locations that I got to be a part of, um, and then you also went out to Ohio for the fourth event, um, and that was that was actually not too soon after the, the three events. But give us a little bit of a, a takeaway or, or a few takeaways from all of these events. What are some of the, the things that you're focused on um, across the forage and turf products?
1: Well, the big thing is right now when we get done with seed events is following up with the local member companies and helping them with their local kickoffs and making sure they understand uh, what we're trying to accomplish, what where we're headed this next year in our product lineup. Um, it, it's really important to get keep that message consistent now as we go forward so we keep everybody on that same page so we know what we're trying to get accomplished. Um, so last week I was at several member companies uh, in our core states talking, but this week I'm out with one of the new members who have been uh, selling our seed. just started this year out here in Ohio. It's a Central Ohio Farmers Co-op, and we've been doing a series of open houses. And so we finished our third one today. We have a couple left to go this week. But what we're really doing is myself and Jake Simpkins, who is the FSA out here, is really just introducing not only the salespeople, but they're customers to our product line because it is so new out here. So what I try to do with Jake and and with FC out here is to talk about the same messages I talked about at our seed events. And basically that is this is time to sell again. This is time that we have an opportunity. And I I love to get on my other product managers, my corn and soybean product manager that I get to sell my product all year, and they only get to sell their once, So they get a little concerned about that. But (laughs) you know what? That's the truth. We deal with cool-season grasses. We deal with summer annuals, which we just got through uh, that season. So summer annuals are very successful. started in June, runs through July into August. But now it's cool-season time, and now is the time we start fixing problems that we developed over the summer in grasses maybe that we seeded in the spring
0: so so you
1: carry them go ahead oh sorry. sorry
0: you talked about the the summer annuals what kind of products are we looking about give our podcast listeners a little bit of an idea there
1: well we're looking at those grasses that do well in the heat so we look at our sedan grasses our forage sorghums and our sorghum sedan grasses predominantly used for emergency pastures or or with our customers who are just using a cropping rotation where maybe they've taken weed out and it just fits into the rotation, or maybe they've had a problem and need an emergency-type forage. So those are the products that we sell, what we call our summer annuals, our, our, our big tonnage products that we would seed in June, July, and do extremely well in the summer. And then a couple of them, the uh, sedan grasses and sorghum sedan grasses, actually will survive after that first frost and give you more tons after that first frost. So pretty good products uh, for us to sell during that period. So,
0: Well, that's um, great. And you've highlighted in a recent, so you guys have newsletters that go out, and each of the product managers get a chance to speak to their specific products and just share, Here's some takeaways, here's what we're watching right now. And so you kind of mentioned the grasses. Let's go into cover crops a little bit. These are cover crops to meet your customers' needs, as you say. And what kind of products would you have depending on the season? I think there are ones that I learned about during the seed kickoff events. Um, you could terminate them in the spring or not. Some of these go into to summer. Some of these go into fall. Some of these even go for uh, grazing maybe later into winter. Can you walk our podcast listeners through that?
1: Sure keep a, a pretty simple numbering system on our cover crops, um, but our products base around four or five basic items. Cereal rye, what we call high rye 500 in our system, is our largest volume mover by far, um, and that's one we always talk about being the most forgiving. It's the one that we can start seeding now, which they are, and they have been for about the last week, clear up into November and still get it to stand. It's one that's very flexible as far as we could graze it this fall if we had to. Uh, We wouldn't have much of a crop in it next spring. Or, like some of them who need forages, we'll seed it now and and wait until spring to harvest it when it will snap out again and start growing. And it'll grow six to seven foot tall, and they will cut it for silage in the spring. So cereal rye being number one, and oats, just spring oats is number two volume mover. And then we have radishes, turnips. We use some annual wygrass and uh, some Austrian winter peas and a few other items. But we have put mixes together, blends together, for our customers' convenience. And it's a pretty simple system. It's ten called CCM-10, which stands for Cover Crop Mixes. And ten is oats and radish. And it's for those growers who really don't want to deal with anything in the spring because the first killing frost, is going to kill both of those items. The oats and the radish will disappear. But this is also the one I said you want to be careful where you plant it because of the radish. This is not one that you put up around your house because come spring it's going to smell like a garbage pit. <laughs> that radish, yeah, that radish is going to rot. It's it's bad. So just remember where you plant that one. That's the only the only negative takeaway I've got. Course, unless you got somebody that you really don't care for, then put it up around there. house.
0: <laughs> there you go. To Keep make people away. Safe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bruce, well, thanks for the information on the cover crops, covering the cover crops. Um, let's go ahead and shift our focus over on the other portion of the FS forages that, that you really work with, and let's talk alfalfa.
1: Oh, well, now that's one of my favorite subjects, because GrowMark has been a, uh, with our, premium alfalfa distributor for almost 60 years now. So I love talking about WL alfalfa. Um, I think that's one of the highlights of our system right now. It is a what we call our premium brand, and we have had a very, very solid relationship along with a, a top, top product line that we get from, from WL Uh This year, we we had some new entries into, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, but you know our lineup is solid from top to bottom. We have uh, Roundup Ready and conventional alfalfa, and there's a lot of misconception in there. They think, well, the Roundup Ready is just a conventional with the Roundup Ready gene spliced into it. No, it's not. The two varieties are distinct varieties on their own, so... We have two that do great in wet soils, WL354HQ and WL356HQRR, two standalone varieties, one conventional, one roundup, which are just superior in wet soils. Now, as soon as I say that, everybody goes, oh, they're a little defensive. No, they are defensive, but they're both very, very high producers. As a matter of fact, three years ago, 354HQ won the World Dairy Expo in hay which is quite an accomplishment in itself with all the entries. So you can see that they're both great producers as long as still being defensive varieties. And then we get questions a lot about, I'm going to put grass with my alfalfa. So usually when somebody says, I'm going to put a grass with my alfalfa, that tells me that they're not going to spray it Or they're going to maybe take the opportunity to graze it once in a while. Mm -hmm. So, what we would recommend there is on the conventional side, would be our WL 358 leafhopper, or on the Roundup Ready side, would be WL 359 leafhopper. So, again, a conventional and a Roundup to meet either your needs. So, that's why I think we stand head and shoulders above the competition, as we can offer you quality products in both the conventional. And roundup ready. Now, if you're one of those growers who are just absolutely looking for the top yielding producing alfalfa in the market, then we have two alfalfas that fit that bill. Again, WL 365 HQ is the conventional, or WL 372 HQRR is a roundup ready, and those are both racehorse varieties push them under four, five, six cuts, they need push to see the results. They're not enough alpha that's going to respond to a three-cut system. They just won't. You won't see the benefits out of them. So you need to feed them and push them. Cut them every 21 days and just watch the yield that you get out of those mm-hmm. two. So then I talked a little bit about the new varieties that we introduced these last two years, and those are the Harv extra varieties, and what Harvextra has done for our premium alfalfa lineup is give us something that has just revolutionized the hay business. And what I mean by that is it's given us an alfalfa that we can cut on a schedule, just like our own alfalfa, but yet receive a relative fee quality score 20 to 28 percent higher than any alfalfa on the market. It's amazing when you think about it twenty to twenty eight percent increase in in RFQ value. Now, as soon as I say we cut it on schedule, we can also delay it seven to ten days, which ultimately means you get more tons to the acre because we delayed the cut. It's gone to further maturity, but yet still keep that relationship of higher relative feed quality. That just is a huge change in the industry. It gives you so much flexibility as a customer that you can either cut it early, or if you get rained out, let it go a week, and then cut it, and still get that high-quality alfalfa. Higher than anything on the market right now. And we have two varieties. We call 341 our our racehorse. It's 341 HVX, which is Harvextra, RR, Roundup Ready, because... It will it will have the highest RFQ value in the industry. We have seen scores 25 to 28 percent higher than anything. And this last year, we just introduced WL375HVXRR, which is the first FD5F3 product released in the industry. And F3 brings you that. Bad soil, wet soils, heavy soils, defense of the root system, which usually takes our young seedlings out. 375 has AF3, which is the first one released. So we're extremely excited to introduce that into our lineup. And you don't give up anything. You're still at that 15 to 20% higher in relative feed quality over the industry, even with 374 being such a defensive variety. So, we're extremely excited about this next year, uh, getting out these new alfalfa and see what they can do. But remember, this is the second season right now. We just started that. We seeded in the spring, and now we have an opportunity if we got a weak stand coming out of the spring, we can thicken them up this fall. We have that opportunity. And fall seeding for us is a great time to start a new alfalfa field. Weed competition's down, soils are cooler, we we'll get a little more moisture. So it's a great time to seed alfalfa.
0: Well, and Bruce, that's really, that's really great. You, you talked about the high marks, especially for WL375 with the Extra, the Roundup Ready. But when you say RFQ, just for our listeners who aren't familiar with some of these acronyms, what does RFQ stand for and why, as a crop specialist or a grower, why would I be concerned about that?
1: Hay has usually been sold in the past on RFV, which is relative feed value, but it's not a true measurement of the product if you run it through a a lab and look at test results. RFQ, which stands for relative feed quality, is a true measure of that alfalfa quality inside of the lab test. And when you're seeing values that we see, for the average guy, it doesn't mean as much as it does for a dairy producer who is trying to balance ration by having to buy soybean meal or another protein to add to get his relative feed quality up there. If the hay is supplying these kind of levels of relative feed quality, it can change a a ration. But what it also does is it lowers the lignin in there, which for an animal, not going into... Too much detail in nutrition because I'm not a nutritionist, <laughs> but you can actually get the animal to feed more, which if you can get more feed into his gut, he'll produce more milk. She will produce more milk. There's just no doubt about that. I know that is a fact. So the higher quality, the more feed we can get that animal to ruminate, the more milk we can get out of her.
0: Well, that's great. That's and,
1: what an RFQ does for you.
0: And Bruce, across the different territories that you've been visiting, since the seed events, um, you've been to, is it Iowa, across Illinois? Um, now you're over in Ohio. Have you worked with many of our growers that are, are specifically focused on the dairy industry in Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, we're fortunate enough to have a uh, FSA in Wisconsin who is working really has worked from the ground floor on this. He's very good in nutrition. Uh, he's very good in silage. He's been based on this. So we've been working, his name is Don Majeski. we've been working hand-in-hand to bring forward these varieties and how we can get them tested to make sure, number one, that they go to a proper lab for proper testing and, and that makes sure we understand the results as they come back. Now, I'm the first to tell you I'm not a nutritionist and that's why we have people on staff that help us to evaluate this. But when we send Don in for example, to work with one of the local dairies. Don understands nutritional value. He understands a lab test and can talk with our growers on that. And, and I think it's important to bring that seedman, the nutritionalist, uh, that person that can help all aspects of that into that job. And I think we fulfill that now where we've gotten uh, Don to do that for us. So.
0: Well, Bruce, thanks so much for the information that you shared. This segment, I was just wanting to call What's Up With FS Forages. And, uh, you know, clearly you are definitely one of our, our experts. Um, really glad to be able to have spent that time with you, with Eric West and Dr. Dennis Garzonio during the seed sales kickoff events to learn all about our different FS product, products. Um, really great, strong lineup. And uh, I've learned a lot more than I ever thought I would really about alfalfa and, and the cover crops, but all really good stuff. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover from the discussion today that that I might have missed? You know, something for our podcast listeners.
1: Well, I would just say as we started the conversation out today that this is cool season weather. This is a time we can plant cool season grasses again. So all of our mixes that we handle under the fs brand whether it's the 24 25 26 i always laugh about our 64 mix which is our waterway mix being one of the most diverse products that we can use it in a lot of places our 66 mix which is our pasture mix we either use it to overseed or start a new pasture um those can all be used again. This is a time that we can thicken our pastures. We can fix our waterways. We can seed that project out around the new hog bin or dairy barn or grain bin. We can seed those areas down. So just don't overlook the other forages in our lineup. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff there to use in different different situations. So,
0: Well, excellent information. Bruce, we nickname you Super B. Weatherly, thank you so much for your time and safe travels. Because you're out in Ohio and when you get back over here to Gromark headquarters. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gromark Podcast. You can find other episodes on Podbean or on a supported podcast app.